He just performed in Kansas City not too long ago. Uh, just out of curiosity, was this a hit when the first Jurassic Park came out? I'll have to look into that. No. Well, yeah. it was a number one song. I know that. In the U.S. Well, Rick Ashley, never going to give you up. Tells you how long this Jurassic Park thing has been going, though. Well, the first Jurassic Park came out in 93. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this would be a ballpark. Gosh. So it's almost 30 years old. This came out in 87. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So did you think this was a 90s song? I was just trying to remember year and, and placement. Were you were you bumping this at the old uh, band parties? Good, good. You and... <laughs> come on, man. I'm still trying to figure out this party life you used to have. A lot of beer. What kind of beer? <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> well, college. It's college, right? Some Rolling Rock and uh, uh, some uh, Schlitz. Well, uh, Troy, had you had said that you didn't play music at your parties, though. For the most part, we yeah. I mean, not that any of us were really paying attention to, no. You played your own music. We were having conversations. We were laughing. You telling me nobody pulled over with a clarinet no. and started banging out some Eric Clapton? No. Clarinet. Eric Clapton. Come on, man. Just come on, man. I mean, that would be pretty crazy if you ask me. I'd be asking, what did I eat earlier today? Yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Hour two of the game. All right, Sam Honeybuns has confirmed that we do have a movie review ready to go. I've been looking forward to this one because I know how overhyped these movies are. I have a feeling I know in what direction this review is going in. So leading off the second hour, Sam Honeybuns with his movie review of Jurassic World Dominion. Enjoy. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome to the Micro Movie Minute with me, Sam Honey. Today we're taking a look at Jurassic World Dominion. Baby Raptor, I made a promise we would bring her home. You made a promise? To a dinosaur. Yeah, why? Dominion is the end of the Jurassic World trilogy where humans and dinosaurs must find a way to coexist. Is Jurassic World Dominion the triumphant return to the glory of the first movie, or is it a big old pile of dino doo-doo? As Jeff Goldblum says in the first film, uh, life, uh, finds a way. Well, Dominion definitely finds a way to suck. The best way I can describe Jurassic World Dominion is a kidnap heist movie that happens to have dinosaurs in it. You know how all the trailers showed the movie was going to be this story of humans and dinosaurs trying to find a way to live together? Yeah, the movie has nothing to do with that, and instead focuses on the newer characters rescuing a little girl and the OG character stopping a corporation that has unleashed a locust plague. Yeah, that's right. No one is doing anything dinosaur related. Even the locusts are just giant versions of locusts. They aren't even prehistoric. All the dinosaur stuff is just thrown in there because they forgot they were making a Jurassic Park movie, I guess. I honestly think this movie started out as two different scripts and someone was just like, yeah, slap a T-Rex on it and we'll call it the next Jurassic World. Another marketing play is that this is the epic conclusion to this trilogy, like they have been building up this grand story in mind. Nah, this doesn't feel like any kind of conclusion at all. They just used that ploy because the original cast is back, I guess. Speaking of, the original cast was the highlight of the movie. I could care less about Chris Pratt and what's-her-name and their B-plot story. Hell, I didn't even care 
about the other storyline either, but it was nice seeing the original characters come back. That's also a fault in the movie as well. The whole reason they're in the movie is for nostalgia and that's it. It doesn't make any sense while they're back. And the two cardinal sins for this movie, the dinosaur stuff and the length. For a movie about dinosaurs, the dinosaur stuff was the most boring. They introduced this supposedly scary new carnivore that's the largest to ever exist and it's barely in the movie and it gets way too easily beat and outsmarted by like eight tiny little humans. Overall, Jurassic World is a sloppy mess and just a nostalgic excuse for its existence that is way too long and way too boring. That's why I'm giving Jurassic World Dominion one T-Rex-sized pile of poo out of five. Yeah, it about went the way I thought it would. Yep, exactly. Save for the harmonica. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That was well done. I haven't seen the second one of the Jurassic Worlds. I've seen the first one. I was like, man, that was really disappointing. I don't need humans trying to coexist with dinosaurs. Now, when the T-Rex in the first movie, the Jurassic Park original movie, when he made the face turn and saved the day, yeah, that was amazing. But the whole movie, they're running from velociraptors and they're getting into catering. They're getting into bunkers. Like, you can't figure out how you're going to defeat these things. I was scared. I was also four. But man, was I hook, line, and sinker. And I've said it before, Chris Pratt is not a convincing, dramatic actor to me. I love his comedy. But as a dramatic actor, I was hoping Sam Honeybuns would confirm with me so I know what I'm talking about. It just doesn't do it for me. But I still like him. I still like Chris Pratt. All right, thank you, Sam Honeybuns, for that review. Uh, if you haven't heard, Shane Southwell is now the new assistant basketball coach at Northern Illinois. So he has found his next job after the exit here in Manhattan. And the other men's basketball news is that Coach Jerome Tang has fired off the cat signal once again. But we're questioning who it is because we don't really have an idea. We can't, like, pinpoint who it could be because we're not even sure of a visit for the last couple of weeks. David Kassan is is what we think was the last visit. At least that's what we know as public knowledge. Been doing a lot of talking with the KSO guys, other media guys, trying to figure out who this could be. We're trying to dig deep because they, of course, want to know as well, and they want to work with Detective Mitch. Detective Mitch was on the case earlier today. Trying to figure this out. So, I'll give you some names. Now, I'm going to give you these names, but keep in mind, none of these are confirmed. I'm not 100%. But, it, you, know, the, you know the rumor mill, right? These names are going to be thrown out there, but they're not confirmed. So, and I, I've, I've gone away with every time I hear a name... You know, at first I was talking about it. I've gone away from that because more often than not, they're not coming to K-State. It right. could have been just a quick text from a coach to a recruit, and somebody out there got that information, put them on a big board, and said, hey, this guy could be a cat soon. Nah, it's not that's – I got to stay away from that kind of stuff. But there are – from what I've heard, and from my digging as well, three names that it could possibly be. The loudest name I've heard recently is David Jenkins. He would have one year of eligibility remaining. He's a 6'1 guard from Tacoma, Washington, and he would be transferring to K-State 
from Utah. But before he played at Utah, which was one season, he had one year at UNLV. And then before that, a couple of years at at, uh, South Dakota State. So if he was a Wildcat, this would be his fourth stop in his career. That's a lot of stops. Interesting uh, in his path as well. So South Dakota State, Juco, then Utah. UNLV. UNLV, then Utah. And, and then Utah. My bad. But Equivalent. No, never mind. You know, throughout his career, though, he's been a double-digit scorer. His career averages 15 points a game, but he was more of a contributor at South Dakota State, at UNLV, at Utah. Ten starts, average eight and a half points a game, but he can shoot it. He is a career average 41% from three-point range. Yeah, I think we'd be pretty happy with David Jenkins and his one year of eligibility remaining. That's not too bad. Averages an assist and a a half in his career. Now, again, like I said, his numbers did drop a little bit at Utah. Actually, for some, they kind of cut in half. But man, has he shown in the past that he can be a true leader when they need him. Another name that has come out. And this is, uh, I mean, from what I've seen or what I've heard, it seems like if it is him, like if you put a percentage on who would have the higher chance of this being that person, this would be him. And that is Desi Sills, a junior from Jonesboro, Arkansas, 6'2", 195 pounds. So he, in his career, has been trending downwards when it comes to shooting the three. His first year at Arkansas, where he played 34 games, he shot 46% from three. He would make about one a game. And that was limited minutes. I mean, we're talking 17 minutes a game, and he averaged five points a game. But in his career, he's averaging nine, and this last year was his best year, averaging 12.6 rebounds a game. Now, I want to tell you, though, he started his career at Arkansas. He spent three years at Arkansas, was supposed to go to Auburn, but something with academics came up. And he ended up going back to his hometown to play for Arkansas State. And for the Red Wolves, that's where he scored 12.5 points a game. But, as I mentioned, his first year in college basketball shot 46% from three. A big difference where he was at this last year at 25.5%. I don't know what went wrong. But as those numbers went down, his field goal percentage did go up. To 45.5%. He is 52% from the field in his career from two. That is an excellent number. Averaging two assists a game. Grabs a couple of rebounds. But even when he struggles from three, he still found a way to score 12 or 13 points a game. So another guy that can score the basketball. Now, I hadn't heard much on the rumor mill, but he, his name has come up again. His name has been associated with K-State here and there. Just another one I'm going to throw out there. He's from Michigan. His name is Imani Bates, which I believe that's how you say his name. He's from Memphis. That's where he played his one and only year of college basketball, where he scored 10 points a game. He shot 39% from the field, 33% from three-point range, and he is a Ford. So the other two are guards. And this one is a Ford. 6'9", 190 pounds, with still three years of eligibility 
remaining. So there, I, I gave you three names, three possibilities it could be, but we have no idea who it is. <laughs> but those have been the three names lately that have been rumored. When you put the pieces together of the puzzle, you kind of point in their direction because of already reported past relationships when it came to the recruiting. Imani Bates, I've rarely heard anything from him lately, but it is a possibility, just putting the name out there. Desi Stills has been a lot louder lately, and so has David Jenkins. So I kind of have to leave it at that. Kind of give you an idea of where K-State is going in the possibilities, but those are three really good possibilities. And when I threw out those scoring numbers and those shooting numbers, it is 100% somebody I would take right away. I'd be very happy with one or two of those guys, preferably all of them. <laughs> that would be right. amazing. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, those grad transfers who have a ton of experience that have shown in the past that they can really come in and deliver. I mean, now Desi Stills, I will mention, did play against Illinois and, um, and Texas Tech this past season. It did not go well. He struggled. Really struggled scoring the basketball just all over the floor. Did not go well. But he does have postseason experience. Played against Baylor two years ago in the Elite Eight. The year Baylor won the national championship. And, of course, Jerome Tang was you know a coach on that team. But he only scored two points. So, in a way, you can say, yeah, it's a guy that uh, Desi Sills is a guy that Jerome Tang knows about. Familiar with. Mm-hmm. But David Jenkins would be a solid addition. Imani Bates would be a solid addition. Desi Sills would be a solid addition. They fit a need. Somebody that can score the basketball. And two out of the three also fit the need position-wise on where we feel K-State needs to go with their next guys to add to the roster, and that would be the guard position. All right, let's take a timeout. When we return on the game here, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Sage Williams, when we come back, let's uh, a little bit of K-State football recruiting news as uh, recruiting town is now across the board the number one recruit in the state of Kansas for 2023. Troy, did you see this? Okay, so uh, oh. no, uh, Coca-Cola. Their big announcement today. Don't hurt me. They've teamed up with Jack Daniels. Oh. And they're going to release Jack and Cokes in 12-ounce cans. They're going to make it official, even though they've already been doing basically a bottled version. They just haven't called it Coca-Cola. There's a bottled Jack, version? Jack has done... Jack has done, yeah, because you also have the Lynchburg lemonades that are in bottles that you can buy. I have not seen those. Oh, dude, they've been doing those since I was, well, anyway, Um, (laughs) since since I was in college and nearly got myself in trouble, all right? Now, a a Jack and Coke, also known as a Lemmy, mm -hmm. Lemmy from Motorhead, that was his drink. Yep. Um, They're also going to have it in Coke Zero. But I have not seen Diet Coke. Not a surprise. They 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 want to kind of phase out Diet Coke for the Coke Zero. Um, the problem is that they've got so many addicts on Diet Coke like me uh, that it sells like the Dickens. It outsells Coke Zero for the moment. Well, how much how much sugar is in Diet Coke? 
zero. It's the difference. The, it's, the the, it's the sweetener. It's the difference in sweetener. Okay. Uh, mm. Because uh, Diet Coke is NutraSweet, aspartame, and Coke Zero is this sweetener that's known as Ace K. And man, you really know your you well, really know it, your Diet Coke. Well, and you know why? It's because I've tried Coke Zero and I've tried to make that work. The no problem, bueno. The the problem is is that sweetener uh, does does weird things to my throat and sinus areas. I'll tell you what. If, it, it's it's got a weird a weird after stick to it. If if Coca Cola decides to release a diet Jack and Coke, I'll buy you a case. Sounds good. My my hard Jack drinking days are along behind me, but no, those band days, man. You also have some Jack out there too, oh, yeah, along I with did. the beer. Okay, oh, yeah, I did. Well, what what is your drink? Is uh, rum and Coke is primarily it, Coke. but but Jack and Coke. It, and granted, it's been a while since I've done a bottle of Jack and Coke. Um, what kind of rum? Lynchburg lemonades, I really like actually. What's your brand? Uh, well, Captain. No, I tend to to go away from Captain if I can avoid it. Uh, usually, uh, usually go with Bacardi. Okay. Keep it simple. See, I don't. I don't drink any brown liquor. <laughs> just not. I'm not against it, but it's just not my thing. I'm a silver tequila, and I, I make a Moscow Mule out of it. More, it's technically mm-hmm. a Mexican Mule. Sure. And that's my drink. Sure. Or just beer. Yeah, my. Uh, yeah, the hard tequila drinking is also well way back. But it sneaks up on you. But I will occasionally have a Lynchburg lemonade. Um, it, it, it's a four-pack with the 10-ounce bottle, roughly. Now, you, uh, Troy, you may have noticed we are going to be adding another addition to the show. He's training right mm-hmm. now to run Sage's job because Sage is going to be leaving us in, what, a month? Yeah, it's like the end of July. That's when my lease ends, at least. So Sajay has a month and a half left, and then Travion... We'll be replacing her. Poor guy's got a schedule that rivals mine. I'm going to say something that he's probably heard a thousand <laughs> times. He looks like a young Michael Jackson. Yeah. He okay. He has there heard you that. go. Yes. See, I mean, I mean, the hair, the face. I mean, you put a picture side by side, and we're working with a young Michael Jackson. My my morning caffeine stop has been. Saying hello to Travion in the mornings. That is part-time job. Other part-time job. Oh, okay. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> he, so he's got a schedule that's rivaling mine right now. When do you sleep? Never. He okay. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to radio. <laughs> Just now breaking in. All right. Where are we at here? Okay. I wanted to talk uh, Avery Johnson because he visited over the weekend. I believe he actually right now, I do believe he's in Seattle visiting Washington. Um, The way we assume it's down to probably K-State, Oregon and uh, Washington, but K-State fans, you know, I feel pretty good right now that it's K-State. What I wanted to mention about him. So unfortunately for him, he had to visit during a time where uh, a tornado could potentially roll through. And that's uh, kind of a bad time to have one of your star recruits on campus. (laughs) Um, so important to have him on campus that K-State was planning a uh, like a barbecue at Colin Klein's house 
I really wanted to make a joke. If the thing was at Coach Kleiman's house, he could give the tour, go to the basement, because you know, tornado possibly coming, give a tour of the basement, and be like, make the sale pitch here. If here on the right, you find a room that at one time Joshua Youngblood lived there for three weeks. And young man, if you ever get hurt at Kansas State University, this could be your room. <laughs> Throw in some amenities like a PlayStation or an Xbox, maybe a mini fridge. See, it would have been helpful had it been this coming weekend with Juneteenth taking place, but the coaches are apparently competing in the grilling contest on Friday night yeah, at City Park. Yeah, so do we know who's going to be there? Uh, no. I would imagine Van Van Malone's got to be there. I, and I think that Thad Ward's probably going to be there because okay. I know the two oh, of them yeah, yes. are going to be competitive. He absolutely is. As a matter of fact, this during spring ball, I believe he did talk about it. So, yeah, K-State football is loaded with, with – with guys that can grill, that can know their way around a barbecue grill. I love it. Dave Baker being smart, inviting them all. Yeah, this might be our only chance to go try their yeah, food. Right? Yeah. Boy, need to get down to Juneteenth. That's for sure. Um, Matt David Johnson, quarterback, class of 2023, four-star. I was uh, just poking around rivals. I like to take Gander at like the top 15. Or it was a top 12. Now it's a top 15 for the class of 2023 in the state of Kansas. And Avery Johnson has now been bumped up to the number one spot. John Randall has been bumped down to number two. He's a running back out of Wichita Heights, who's a four-star. And then three-star running back. He's an all-purpose back like Deuce Vaughn. And he's now number three. So now across the board... Avery Johnson is the number one recruit in the state of Kansas for the class of 2023. I'm sure others share this opinion, but I want to share it as my own as well. He has become the biggest recruit for the Coach Climate era. He is absolutely number one. If they land him, that is their biggest get yet. It is bigger than Will Howard, bigger than four-star Jake Ridley because he is an in-state kid. And because I'll share this factoid with you, according to Rivals, the last time K-State landed, the number one recruit in the state of Kansas was Nick Patton, quarterback, 2004. Man. That long. It has been that long. And who's been getting those recruits in the past? Nebraska comes into play. KU has done it a couple of times. I mean, all over the country. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, Miami, <laughs> up, the, the Brown brothers. They were number one recruits back in the day. Yeah, this is, again, you know, as we alluded to a couple of weeks ago, it again is another indicator of that the old way of doing things while it worked in the initial run for Bill Snyder as head coach, the the landscape changed. And the landscape changed big because as people began to realize that the kids that Coach Snyder and his staff were bringing in were pretty good, then the program started to take note a lot more of the state of Kansas. And it's been to a benefit 
in the grand scheme of things for the state of Kansas as a whole in terms of its reputation for football, but uh, it has put K-State into a situation where they're having to recruit against a much broader field of teams and schools than what they had to back in the days. I brought up, you know, Avery was here when we had a lot of bad weather. Mm -hmm. He is a Kansas kid. I mean, it wasn't too far from his home, Andale, where it got Mm -hmm. tore up a little bit by a twister. It's weather he is uh, used to. True. He's from Tornado Alley. It should not be a big deal. It happens once in a while. But at this point, I can't give you like a percentage on how good I feel about Avery Johnson picking K-State, but I feel pretty good. And if K-State does get him, it would be the biggest gift for K-State football. And you can argue going back to 2004. Nick Patton, he didn't do anything at K-State. No. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't even know if he was ever on a roster because I know he ended up at Dodge City. I That's all I know. That's all I know. But uh, Avery Johnson is a dual threat who has very impressive tape. God, that would be so big. And he's also, you know, that, that also comes after what we mentioned last week with Joe Otting going to Notre Dame. We had our fingers crossed that please don't let this turn into a domino effect where now these top recruits in Kansas decide to go somewhere else. And Joe Otting right now, number seven in the state of Kansas. But Casey, I also know is going after Dylan Edwards. That one is up in the air. I have no clue. Unpredictable. The running back out of Derby who Manhattan High will play in week one. I'll see him in person. Not a clue. But Avery Johnson is now priority number one and will be the biggest recruit in K-State history when it comes to football in the Chris Kleiman era, which is not a long history, but is a program that is wanting to build a history of landing the top recruits in Kansas and not let them, them get out to SEC country or the Big Ten or the ACC which has happened in the past. Keep them home because I know how important that is to Coach Kleiman and this staff. They have said it many times. It is a huge goal. There's year in and year out to keep the top talent in Kansas here at home. That would make a statement for the program. And also, I mean, there's not many four stars in Kansas usually. We have a couple this year, but it really is trendy in the three-star ranks. Mm-hmm. You'll find a lot of them. Mm-hmm. A good amount and a lot of solid talent. As a matter of fact, since they branched out to 15 players in the state of Kansas, let's give a shout out to Hayden Oviatt, who has shown up at number 15 on that list from Wamigo. So congratulations, Hayden. I know you have a bunch of uh, offers out there on the table already, but uh, being ranked in the state of Kansas, that'll certainly help as well with more of the attention. So congratulations, Hayden. And by the way, that's one of the few times you'll ever hear me gloat about anything while me go <laughs> let me tell you something hayden if this was 2008 and you're dealing with the clay center tigers that means you'd be dealing oh, with me out. and you'd be out. turning into a no star real quick hey coach moody how you doing <laughs> all right let's get to a number one song of the day that's coming up next
Ah, yes. The classic from 1987, Head to Toe by Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam. One week and number one. Known as one of the first freestyle music groups. And of course came out of the area where that became popular, Harlem, New York. I think we're getting there. What, are we getting there? Yeah, well, I think we are. Go and turn it up. Yeah, who hasn't heard this song, right? Sunny 102.5. <laughs> Working towards that, uh, where are they now? Lisa, Lisa, and Colt Jam. Yeah, no idea. No idea. Yeah, I know. Talk about disappeared from the charts quickly. Well, they disbanded after just seven years together, 1991. Yeah. They've not been together since. Now, Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam was formed after Lisa auditioned for the group Full Force. You remember them? Yes. A hip-hop and production team out of Flatbush, which is in Brooklyn. And she auditioned at the age of 14. A few years later, they're like, we're putting this group together and you should be in it. And she did. She joined up, had some success. In June 2019, oh, I'll tell you where she's at right now. I forgot I put this together, uh, this part of it together. Uh-oh. She's actually working for Snoop Dogg. Oh, as that's of, cool. As of 2019, she is part of Snoop Dogg's entertainment company. Doing whatever, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam, four studio albums, six top 40 hits, and this is their first of two number ones. Here we go. So this is from their second studio album called Spanish Fly. So Full Force's Paul Anthony came up with the idea from this song. If you don't know who that is, I'm sure you don't. Do you remember the House Party movies? Yes. He is in them. He plays the character of Stab. (laughs) But uh, he said one day when he was working out, his girlfriend screamed from across the room, I love you from head to toe. He's like, my God. That's a lyric. That is a banger. <laughs> and I'm not talking. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So uh, there was another uh, member of Full Force who worked with this song. His name is Bowlegged Lou. And uh, if you know the way freestyle music works, they typically take a couple of genres and put it together with the lyrics. Where this comes from is British pop, which was a sound of full force. Mm -hmm. And they also say they mixed in an influence of Motown. Do you get Motown out of this? I can't say I have the best ear for it. It, The harmonizing. Okay. 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 Okay, now I, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, you, yeah, good point. Nailed it. A big uh, influence on this song was Diana Ross and the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you how big this song was for them. <laughs> this is huge for them. This song, Head to Toe, was so big for Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam, a big fan of it, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis was uh, working on a movie. He's like, you know, I need an original song in this. So he turned to Lisa Lisa and Cole Jam 
And they recorded this song called Go For Yours. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Yes, you do. Remember that from the big hit movie, Caddyshack 2. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw Caddyshack 2. I'm pretty sure I've pretty sure I've seen it. Whipped off the tee box. I think I've seen Caddyshack 2 all of one time. I see the, the OG Caddyshack all the time on TV. Sure. It's hard not to stop and watch it. But I'm like, sorry, I, I got it. Either it's in Practical Jokers, Deal or No Deal, or Caddyshack. <laughs> There's no games on. Right. Right now, by the way, we have uh, Stanford. Oh, man, they really blew this one open. Yeah. Nine I, to four. That mistake I pointed out to you earlier wound up turning into runs for them. UConn with a stumble, literally. All right. I know Sage has been working hard. Maybe even Travion came up with a question. I don't know. But we'll find out next and ask us anything. Sage, fire away. All right. First question. This is mostly for you, Mitch. Uh Uh-oh. If you could interview any wrestler, who would it be? (laughs) Brett, the hitman. Heart. He is now, my favorite of all time, and he's a great storyteller. Okay, there you go. I was about to say why exactly. His Hall of Fame speech is one of the best, plus his brother Owen, who passed away in Kansas City, is was a like probably the best pranker in the history of the business and sharing those stories. It's so entertaining. Okay. It would be a it would be great. I'd I'd do the whole show. Just talking <laughs> with Brett. It'd be great. All right. That was a good answer. I like that. Troy, one. what uh what wrestler would you want to interview? I'd like to probably interview rick flair that'd be a good one as well absolutely because there are so many stories out of him that it would be fun to pull (laughs) well i want to know like he his his stories have been told so many times but also he he has wrestled a lot in hutch oh yeah and i would like to hear those stories about wrestling in kansas yep sure Next question. Sage, what wrestler do you want to interview? I don't know wrestlers. I can't. Everybody knows a wrestler. I don't know any wrestlers. Don't. You could say The Rock. John Cena, yeah. John <laughs> Cena. <laughs> Travion said John Cena. They're I'll, big in pop culture. John Cena. <laughs> what annoys you the most about traveling is your next question. Driving to the airport. Oh. Or driving back from the airport because typically fly out of Kansas City and that's a two-hour two drive. Two-hour drive, yep. I feel that too. I don't care about flying's fine, especially if it's, I'm like with a team and we're busing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, about the only thing that I would add to that is the the when you're with the bus trip for the airport and things go wrong, mm. it can lose my patience. I have not had that happen. I I don't think I've had that happen either. My thing is that I can get motion sickness. So when we're taking off, I don't like to look out the window. Well, a a quick story. So when I was with the soccer team, we were flying back from Michigan. There was a thunderstorm rolling through Kansas City at the time. So we, like, a little bit east of KC, we were just kind of doing circles in the air. But we could also get a great view of the thunderstorm that was rolling in. It was amazing to see from that vantage point. But we also had to go to Omaha to get gas and then come back to Kansas City. It was a long night, but I'll never forget that image. That's going to do it for the game. Big thank you to Sage for uh, working the ones and twos and keeping us on the air. If it wasn't for her, we would be screwed. Pretty much. Or it's 
Troy running it. Ha. And we'd both be yeah. screwed still. See? See I you tomorrow. You.